0: Hello, my name is Brian Martin, and you are listening to episode 13 of the Running Technique Tips podcast, uh, and now I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, uh, who is in Sydney, Lisa Biffin. How are you going, Lisa?
1: A bit under the weather today, actually. It's uh, been a tough couple of days, come down with some sort of, I don't know, cold bug thing, um, so feeling pretty average, actually.
0: No, that's not good at mm. all.
1: I don't know I've had to, and on top of that, it's um it's been raining nonstop, which is good because the farmers need it. Uh, but I, I mean, you've got a bit of a saying that uh, the Kenyans don't run in the rain.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm
1: not sure where you got that from, but uh, I've stolen it. I think it it. (laughs) was
0: from from Kenyans um, or at least someone who went and ran with Kenyans.
1: Uh, So I have taken that philosophy on top of not feeling very well um, and the forecast is to rain for the next seven days straight. So it's hampering with my marathon preparation a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you probably can't take seven days off. (laughs)
1: No. No. So anyway, I need to get over this little cold. a thing. It's not too bad, but it's just, you know, when it's just enough that everything feels like it's really hard.
0: Yes, mm. yes. Mm, energy crisis. Well, you might have to uh, dose up on the honey and lemon drinks and
1: mm. get your little
0: spray jacket out and bravely soldier on.
1: Do you know what? Actually, I need, uh, need confession corner time. Um, oh, no. <laughs> my sugar consumption has escalated through the roof. It's actually out of control. So for those who know me would know that I am an absolute chocoholic. Self-confessed, I'm not a big fan of other sweets, but chocolate is my vice and I don't know what it is. Like It's a bit of a, oh, I'm doing so many Ks and, oh, no, I'm not feeling very well, so I'd better eat not one but two family-sized blocks of chocolate in one sitting to myself. (laughs)
0: Okay, you might have a little problem there.
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's really out of control. So, and I buy all these little, little like mini size Smarties and little things for the girls as treats, and I have actually eaten the whole bag. Like, I'll put them to bed, and I'll sit there on the couch and just eat the whole packet. So, anyway, it's out of control. I'm down in the dumps, and um I, I need some sort of sugar intervention.
0: Yes, it sounds like you do. Mm. You, you just haven't embraced the uh, the whole low sugar um, <laughs> paleo um, diet concept at the moment, have you?
1: Oh, I really haven't. I was so good. And then I just, I don't know what it is. I just fell into this trap and then trying to do all these Ks and just life. I actually mentally couldn't take on another challenge, which was trying to reduce my over-the-top sugar consumption, which sounds like a bit of a cop-out, I know. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. It was like my little happy place at the end of each night, my family-sized block of chocolate for one.
0: Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I reckon there's there's probably a bit of science behind, you know, not trying to um, break or change habits at times when you're already kind of under pressure mm. um, or got other things going on. Like I've definitely found in the past when I've tried to um, uh, adjust eating habits or, you know, drink less beer, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the embracing that when at a time when you you know maybe got a couple of weeks off work or um you're not feeling too stressed or you know you're not training for anything
1: actually you kind of it's funny get stuck to say into that it then. the week that i was in new zealand my diet was immaculate um mm-hmm. you know it was just me that i had to worry about I didn't have the family I didn't have work and i was able to prepare things again probably a bit of a cop-out but um as you say there was no added stress and i ate That's really right. well and i was like I stepped back at home. I was like, sugar, come at me.
0: (laughs) You had your little sugar coping mechanism.
1: We've all
0: got our little vices though, so, uh, you know.
1: Well, mine is chocolate and I'm actually, I haven't had this in so long. Um, I I really quite like chalk peppermint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So normally I'm quite obsessed with the Hague's chalk peppermint frogs. They are just amazing. But I've fallen into the habit of they're also quite expensive and not that accessible when I'm in absolute need like I have been recently. So I've become addicted, back addicted to the Cadbury peppermint block I just, and I can't kick the habit. So I don't think I'm going to do it before New York either.
0: <laughs> no, now's not the time.
1: No, it's not. But anyway, oh, how's your week been?
0: Ah, well, my week, my week. Well, the listeners might already have a little bit of a hint, given we're titling this episode "Old Man Calf." I've actually had um, probably the biggest challenge of this marathon campaign um, over the last week um, just completed. Uh, so it's been it's been a bit stressful, actually, because um, yeah, during well, just before, as I was just getting going on my um, run on thursday morning my calf tightened up and yeah just kind of you know stopped gave a little rub and got going again and then it tightened up again and i thought no oh, this is not too good so jogged back towards the house and yeah it tightened up a third time and i was like right that's it abort run so um yeah i've uh, potentially got a little bit of um, old man calf syndrome going on which mm. is a bit galling because I don't really believe in old man calf, but perhaps I'm just in denial given on this podcast, I am a man and I am older than you. That's probably most likely to happen to me. Um, So maybe it is a thing. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, And right in your taper as well. And how's it going with your mind?
0: Uh, I I think probably the mind aspect has been perhaps more challenging than the physical side because I haven't torn it and I haven't pulled it strained it um at least i don't think so because i don't think i'd be walking around pain-free and have been able to resume running again without pain but yeah it certainly kind of um does knock your confidence around a bit Mm. so um yeah you start thinking uh is this my marathon campaign over Mm. (laughs) like if this gets worse or you know if it goes from being tight to um, pulling a muscle um then, yeah, it could be kind of game over for the marathon campaign. And um, whilst I don't think that would cause me to implode psychologically, <laughs> I must admit I'd be pretty unhappy if that actually did happen. Yeah. So, yeah, just kind of confronting that reality of, um, yeah, all of your kind of hard work and uh, dedication to this goal could potentially be at risk due to, um, yeah, your body sort of giving out on you. So, what
1: do you think yeah. has caused it?
0: Ah, well, this is part of the mental challenge because when something like this happens, you just pretty much, well, I don't know about other people, but I sort of start second-guessing everything that I've done and thinking, well, what is the thing that I did that was potentially a mistake that could have caused this? So the answer is I don't really know, but I suspect it's probably a combination of factors. Um, Probably the first one was a little bit of, uh extra stress brought on by a couple of things one was that you you might have mentioned you might remember i was talking about that assignment i had to do so i spent a couple of days chained to my chair and computer um punching out a few thousand words um uh, for this assignment so that probably wasn't great for stress and posture wise just kind of all that sitting um and not moving too much um and, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's certain people in your life that have got that ability to kind of poke you and put you in that spot that, <laughs> that um, causes you to become quite stressed and anxious, and I had one of those going as well so um, in the background. So I was probably a little bit more stressed than I have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I'm more on the kind of running side, possibly um, potentially done maybe too much running in my Ultras, um, so too much of a good thing in those flat shoes. Um, And it was, yeah, when I was chatting to Tom, it was uh, uh, last week, Tom DeCanto, he was uh, mentioning that, you know, the extra load that the flatter shoes do and I'm kind of aware of that, but um, uh, it was kind of like so far so good and I was really enjoying running in them. But when I got the second pair, I did probably start including them in the rotation a bit more than what I had, so possibly... A little bit of uh, overdoing it in the flat shoes perhaps may have contributed. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that were probably the main couple of things. Um, And then, yeah, a few weeks ago I had that wind sprint session um, that I did which – I then decided it wasn't a good idea to include in the program and took out. And whilst I didn't feel anything go wrong during that session, um, it could have been a potential contributor doing that extra speed work. And I also, uh, tr- truth be told, and this again comes back to Tom's conversation, so it was really good that we had that um, chat just to kind of highlight these things Um and he was talking about the kind of double whammy of speed work combined with flat shoes Mm. and that wind sprint day I actually did do that in the ultra um, marathon racing shoes so I didn't really kind of think that through before I did it and if I had my time again I probably would have just done that in my um, marathon racing shoes which have got a little bit of um, extra heel in them so uh, yeah there's a few things but you know i kind of agonised over that for a couple of days. And then I was like, well, yeah, here I am. I've got a t- tight calf. Um, I've just kind of kind of start looking forward rather than second guessing everything I've done. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just sort of been focusing on um, looking after it. And, yeah, it took a t- couple of days off running just to let it kind of settle down and uh, yeah, then just kind of get back, getting back into it and readjusting what was left of my taper.
1: So what, you've got two, two
0: weeks to go? Uh, yeah, a little under, as we're recording, it's a bit under two weeks to go. Um, so, did you yeah, get we,
1: any running done last week or did you cross train? I know how much you hate cross training. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I didn't do any cross training because I do hate that. Um, but yeah, I did do, I actually did a couple of easy runs on the Tuesday and maybe I'll just do my recap since you've asked me about that. Yeah. Um, and this will be short because there wasn't a lot of running. Uh, the Tuesday, I just did a 40 minute um, run and that was really quite easy um i think i did about seven and a half k's and uh yeah 125 heart rate average uh wednesday was um i actually usually do that midweek long run on the wednesday but because that was the day my assignment was due i was a bit short on time so i decided to skipped the long run on that day which perhaps in hindsight was probably a good thing Um, so I just did another 40 minutes easy that day 127 heart rate average Uh, and then that brought me to Thursday morning which was the morning that I was intending to go out and do 90 minutes Um, that was when the calf tightened up so I didn't do any running on Thursday Uh, took Friday off and yeah during those two days I was kind of furiously furiously self-massaging and stretching and doing a few other things to um, just work on the calf a little bit. Um, and then I felt uh, that I could go for a jog on Saturday. So I did a 40-minute jog on Saturday, which was really slow. That was at just under six-minute kilometre pace. Um, so, yeah, I was really just kind of a bit tentatively plodding around on that one. And Sunday feeling slightly more confident so I just did a 75 minute jog again that was pretty slow that was 545 kilometer pace so that was the week I think it was only about 36 kilometers in the end so it was definitely a um it's
1: definitely a taper it
0: definitely yeah it was a I think we we're talking a, a couple of weeks ago about the taper and we we're talking about you know the how hey, you would see your Ks sort of sliding off during the three-week taper. And I think in the first week, it was it's supposed to be sort of like maybe a 70% of what you've been doing or something like that. So, yeah, it was more like I think I dropped down to about 40% of um, what I had been doing in the first week of the the taper, um, which actually uh, kind of a good little challenge to, yeah, I did 35 Ks. I was just double-checking that. Um yeah, sort of. I just had to kind of rethink what I would then do the week following, um, and make some slight adjustments to that. I, I haven't changed it too much, but um, yeah, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, I've had this really light week now. Um, what am I going to do the week after? Like, probably not good. Maybe to do another thirty-five k or forty k week. Um, other my my body's just going to forget. <laughs> <laughs> forget about all this fitness that it's built up over all this time. Um, and maybe, again, that's kind of like a psychological thing, probably that you don't detrain that quickly. Um yeah, just sort of having a think about what I would do two weeks out and whether that would change much given I'd sort of had this really light week, three weeks out from the race. So, yeah, a few things to think about.
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's not good that you've got this niggle, but uh, trying to look for a silver lining here, yep. I think it's a good, you know, discussion to have because no doubt many of the listeners may find themselves in the same position. You've done all this training, everything has been going, you know, Pretty well, yep. and then you find yourself two weeks out with this small niggle, and you know what do you do? How do you, how do you cope with it? And I reckon the psychological part can be more damaging than you know, the, you know, your physiological part because you, yep. as you say, you're not going to lose your three months worth of training over ten days, but no, the, definitely but your not. Mind but... just plays so many tricks on you.
0: It does. And look, you know, the at the extreme end, you're thinking, what if I can't actually do the marathon? And then you're like, well, is everything I've been doing a waste of time? Um, have I accomplished nothing? Because, you know, it wouldn't be the first person who hasn't made it to the start line in a marathon. Like it, it happens to people all of the time. Um, so yeah, I kind of, immediately I was kind of like, well, worst case scenario, what happens if I can't do the marathon? And then looking back thinking, well, actually I've had a pretty good time doing all of this training, had a huge amount of running that I've enjoyed that has been like pain free. Um, I've made, you know, learned a lot and made a lot of progress fitness wise. There's lots of stuff that I've kind of recorded, um, along the way that, shows that what I have been doing has actually been working and quite successful. So, you know, worst case scenario, I was thinking, well, if I actually can't do the marathon, I've still actually had this pretty amazing, consistent um, run of running um, and learned a lot through the process. And and look, if you're only doing it just for the satisfaction or for the achievement of running the one day, I don't know if you're actually doing it for the right reasons, because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, like running most days because i really enjoy running most days
1: um yeah look i agree i actually don't really enjoy racing that much i much prefer the training which Mm -hmm. you know i like to have a race so that it gives me the motivation to train but i i don't know we're we're talking about it a bit before we started recording and sometimes i don't really want it enough like you know I, i I'm not, I don't have it in me to kill myself enough for a result. Uh, You know, I enjoy the process. I really enjoy running. It gives me freedom and it's quite meditative. But, you know, I'm not going to kill myself to you know get across the line by an extra second and it's it's probably why i'm not an elite athlete because i don't have that killer instinct (laughs) and i'm perfectly okay with that i i really enjoy the process i enjoy the people i enjoy the environment and i enjoy how it makes me feel
0: yes and look particularly for training for the marathon it is such a process and i think you and i have discussed this before as well and i'm not sure whether we have actually discussed it when we've been recording that just i've just been really enjoying like the process of um, training for the marathon because it, it really is just such a lot of um, uh, easier um, intensity running and really enjoyable running um, that is, you know, I'm borrow- borrowing now from uh, Dr. Mark Kukazella who's um, uh, one of my running gurus that I've kind of looked to but he always talks about, you know, running is recovery from your life and like mm-hmm. marathon training really allows you to treat your your running like that because it is just so much easier aerobic running um, that you're doing throughout the process.
1: Mm, yeah, no, exactly. Actually, you sent me a really good quote during the week. and I, I did. I, I really want to quote it exactly how it was because it was so perfect. And now I can't find it. No, okay. I've got it now. No, I've got it. So the quote, and this is in relation to the marathon, which is so in line with what you're talking about and what I've been feeling with this cold is we want to get to the line 80% in shape and 100% healthy rather than the other way around.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, that's right. You can't run the marathon if you're sick or so injured that you you can't run. So, um, yeah, it's definitely worth keeping in mind rather than tracing chasing every ounce of fitness um, that, yeah, you've got to get to the start line healthy. Um I like that. So, yeah. it's, my, it's
1: actually my mantra over the next <laughs> four and a half, five weeks until my marathon. And I think it needs to be yours too, with your little niggle.
0: I, I Definitely. Yeah. It's it's a good mantra to have. Um, and yeah, I absolutely bet that we're not alone. Right now, there'll be other people who are about to line up for the Melbourne Marathon or, you know, for New York as or you're Chicago, doing. Chicago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's this weekend. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there'd be plenty of people who have got a little niggle or have succumbed to a cold. um, And yeah, they'll be facing exactly the same kind of um, thought processes um, that we are at the moment. So, yeah, it's good. We're we're all actually a friend of mine, when I was telling them about this podcast, was saying, uh, you know, can be a bit boring if you're just every week talking about your training and how it's going really well <laughs> and uh yeah i said well you know it might be going well now but there's no guarantees like you know you can go from chocolates to boiled lollies pretty quickly when you're running
1: oh well whoever um, that was they've cursed us because i've got a cold and you've got a calf injury
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right so you're happy now <laughs>
1: Oh, well, speaking of things not going well, can I tell you about my week last week?
0: Yes, please do. Sorry, enough of my woes.
1: <laughs> well, last week, remember, uh, we were having the semi-disagreement about one of my sessions, which was oh, yeah. the, the Monster Marathon Pace session.
0: Oh, no, it just was a disagreement. Let's not call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a it was a disagreement. So my week overall, I'll just skim through it. Monday, uh, rest day. Tuesday, I did my I did some hills. Wednesday, I got through eighteen k's. Was actually feeling really good. Average five oh two pace. And then Thursday, I did my usual track session and. This particular session I loved, but I want to talk about how I felt during it. So, mm-hmm. the session was two by two kilometers with 90 seconds rest in between. And so, it was on the track, so five laps of the track. And the aim was to do it in 405 kilometer pace. And, you know, on the track for me, I usually find that pace quite easy. So, I did the first one in exactly eight minutes. So, my pace was four minutes. And I felt awful. And so I don't know whether or not you feel like this or whether other listeners feel like this. That first one, trying to test out the pace, you're not completely warmed up, haven't really locked in. It's a bit slower than you would normally run, but you know, you've got another one afterwards. And I just felt absolutely terrible and thought, how am I going to do this next one? Did the next one. It was 359 average, so pretty much the same And all of a sudden, I felt amazing. I could have done another 10 at that pace. I was relaxed. I was enjoying it. It was just as though I was rolling around lap after lap. Um, And it's funny how you can have one that is so bad and then the other one just feels so good. Do you experience that?
0: Yeah, look, you're right. It does sometimes take a bit to get get the motor running. So often, yeah, the first one. Um, can feel a bit ordinary and can be a bit slower. And look, that's not a bad thing because lots of people go out and do those kind of sessions and smash themselves in the first one and run too fast and then kind of ruin the session. You're better off doing the first one a bit easier and a bit slower anyway. So Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true. But uh, that was a really good session and I really enjoyed that one and that was gearing up into my Saturday monster which just to recap what it was supposed to be, <clears throat> it was a 30-kilometre um, run in total with a 5-kilometre warm-up and 25 kilometres at goal marathon pace. So that's 4.16 for me.
0: Yeah, 2.5, 25 kilometres.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. So I had originally wanted to do this in a race environment because I don't train that well on my own. I really enjoy being in a race environment. It, it just helps lift me. A bit. The race that I'd pinpointed wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So it ended up that I was going to have to do it on my own or do it with my husband anyway. So we had planned out a course. We'd gone down to a, a place called Cronulla. Um, it's sort of beachside and there's this really long, flat, boring road. <clears throat> it's about 11 Ks out, I turn around 11 Ks back. So we thought perfect. Watching the weather during the week, and it was uh, looking to be windy. And I thought, I hate the wind. Um, And this is an out and back course. Like, this could be, this couldn't be not quite great. Uh, Anyway, we thought, well, we've just got to go and get it done. And I was messaging you just before I was about to start, and I really just was not in the headspace for it. Uh, I just I really didn't want to do it. So I was giving myself some options of things that I could do. And in the end, it was, I was saying it was a disaster, but I've sort of, I've moved on from that. It wasn't, it just didn't work out how I had planned for it to. Um, so I ended up running five kilometre, two by five Ks with a one K jog in the middle and hit the marathon pace um, on both of those. But I just felt that I was working a little bit too hard in the first one. I felt a lot better in the second 5K. Anyway, then we got to the turnaround point, turned around, and in the end, I actually just had to laugh and I pulled the pin because the wind was so strong. The headwind was, it was actually ridiculous. And my husband was killing it. He actually, on the way out, was averaging 410 pace and he did the full, the full, um, 10Ks. He turned around, and his average pace dropped to 4:35s. So he managed nine. No, so he managed 21Ks, um, and his overall average was 4:21, which I thought was an amazing effort because the wind was so bad, uh, and I only managed two by five Ks at marathon pace, <laughs> and I'd had enough by the end of it. It was because it was actually really hot as well, mm. um, and even though I liked the heat. I didn't think that it was going to be that hot, so I had full winter tights on. (laughs) Headwind wasn't in the mood, and it just did not work out how I had planned for it to. So I ended up with twenty five k's in total, and I was absolutely stuffed at the end of it. So I'm actually glad that I didn't do the whole lot. Um, I think I would have been buried, and then. Now, knowing now that I've come down with this cold, I think is, you know, another reason on top of why everything was just feeling so hard. So I learned a lot of lessons in that. (laughs) And I think the first one is if something isn't like a session, isn't how you thought it was going to be. And if it is a difficult one, maybe just don't do it in the first place. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, so, Look, I actually wasn't even that disappointed with it because my head wasn't in it. I'd said to you at the start that I wasn't really wanting to do it and then with that wind it was all just too hard basket for me, to be honest, I I sort of gave up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I think think it was good to pull the pin when you did because there wasn't really anything to be gained running back into the wind. No. um, All that would have done was probably dent your confidence because you would have had to work really hard to try and get near your pace. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, that's it. And I was working too hard on the way out anyway, especially in that first 5Ks. I felt awful. Uh, It started to feel a bit better in the second 5Ks, but it just—it was really just all too hard. And I think I was obviously getting this cold. um, And some days it's just not your day, is it?
0: No, definitely not. (laughs) And look, yeah, when you were telling me about that session and how it was windy and hot, I was just like, you know, alarm bells, alarm bells because I, I was just thinking back to that run that I did three weeks before the marathon last year when it was really quite warm and windy and that was that was pretty much the run that kind of cooked me up, I reckon. So mm, yeah, I was glad when you told me that you pulled the pin.
1: Well, I did have you in my head as well when I was running this, thinking that exact same thing too, going, well, I've still got five weeks to go. Um, this is really not a make or break and it still hasn't changed my mind on my goal time of the sub three. I'm still pretty confident that I can do it and, uh, you know, I still got 25Ks out and 10Ks at a solid pace. So really not always lost from it.
0: Yeah, definitely not. And, so, yeah, and the, the body- bigger picture is you've done all of this. Done all this other amazing training and lots of consistent running and sessions over months now. So, so one that didn't go to plan is really not anything to be too concerned about.
1: No, and I actually I think this is another good lesson for listeners as well. Is so that one didn't go to plan, but as I said, my Thursday session, those two Ks. If if my session had have been you know, five by two K or ten by two K, the way that I felt. I was just like, I was feeling so good apart from that first one. Um, so, you know, Thursday felt amazing, Saturday not so good. So just let it go. Just got to move on from it. Yeah. Um, and then on the Sunday I just had a really easy 10Ks. Uh, actually felt really nice. We went up to this beautiful location, run around this amazing lake, 508 average for a total of 80Ks for the week. Um ticking along, obviously was coming down with the cold. And uh, I've got, I think now it was five, five weeks till race day on Sunday.
0: Yep, five weeks to go. It's Mm. starting to get real now for you as well.
1: Yeah, it's starting to get real. Do you know what though? I'm still feeling really calm about the whole thing. I think I just, I really just want to do it. Um, And yes, I, I want to run my time, but at the same time, I also just want to finish. So I don't really have. I mean, it's still probably too far away to start to feel nervous and anxious and all the rest of it. But yeah, I'm, I've I just feel really calm every time I think about running the race.
0: Yeah, that's good. Mm. Calm is uh, is a good thing, as opposed to me who started having weird marathon dreams.
1: <laughs> oh no! Do you uh, do you want to talk about them?
0: Uh, yeah, why not? Let's have a bit of dream interpretation therapy, but. The, the weird one in particular, and I, I can remember actually having this one before the last marathon, um, was being out on the course or pretty early in the run and somehow getting lost on the course or getting misdirected um, and not being able to find your way back to the course. So, um, yeah, if there's anyone into the dream interpretation therapy, if you can let me know what that's about, it'd um, be <laughs> much appreciated. But I suspect it's just part of the general, you know, pre-race nervousness and anxiety but um yeah it is a funny one like Mm. i just think why am i having this weird dream about getting lost on a marathon course where there is zero chance of getting lost
1: (laughs) well unless you're the leader maybe but uh no disrespect it's not going to be you that's
0: not going to be me (laughs) definitely not going to be me um yeah so uh anyway um Hopefully I don't have that dream too many more times in the in the last few nights of sleep as no. the marathon approaches. No, definitely not. Um, well, um, probably getting close to that time where we might talk about topic of the week and given I've got a bit of OLD syndrome on my calf oh. going on this week, we, we thought we might use that as a chance to talk about how I've been managing it and some other strategies that you could Used to manage um, calf niggles, um, especially ones that have kind of occurred quite close to um, when your goal race is happening. So I'm going to give that my best best endeavours with you, Lisa, to kind of get around that topic. Um, but next week we're actually going to have a, um, a physiotherapist who specialises in running come on um, and give some more. Expert advice on that Um, So yeah A number of years ago I met a guy called Kevin Lieberthal And uh, he's got a a Practice mostly focused Around running Um, So he's agreed to Come on and have a chat About um, all things Calf and calf problems um, Next week But yeah This week at least We'll just kind of Dig in a little bit um, About what I've been doing And about what Lisa's done in the past To kind of manage Those uh, calf related issues After this (laughs) So, Lisa, um, coughing away over there. I,
1: I am. I'm trying so hard uh, to keep it under wraps, but um, not winning.
0: Not winning. Oh well, we've got a bit of cough in the uh, in the topic of the week intro, but <laughs> uh, all good. So, um, do you want to maybe? Talk a little bit about, if you're not if you um if you can talk.
1: Yeah, <laughs> about, no, no I'm, about
0: I'm all good now. Some things that you've done for calf niggles in the past. Yeah, um, so I had... kind of keep yourself keep yeah. yourself going, and anything you've done in particular if you've been carrying something into a race.
1: Mm, so, I've had two calf related injuries one actually turned into a bit of plantar fasciitis and that I actually didn't realize that it had stemmed from the calf and at the time I'd been doing two things first of all and Tom actually Thomas DeCanto actually mentioned this in the uh, the chat that he had with you it was about doing um too much too fast too soon And I'd come from quite a long layoff and sort of had hit, just gone straight into running some track stuff quite quick and thought that I had done, well, I did get plantar fasciitis, but it had stemmed from my calf tightening so much just from that excessive speed work that I had done. And then the other part is, and you may not suffer from this, Brian, but I was walking around a lot in high heels. (laughs) Uh, not usually no (laughs) not this week for you anyway um so i find that from doing a lot of speed work and being in high heels a lot i just get really tight carbs from it and so that particular injury i actually went and got dry needling um, into the calf, which yeah. and then so the I went and saw a physiotherapist for it. They put the dry needles in, but then they also massaged around the calf area as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: do you know, it actually fixed up the calf. I reckon in about two weeks, I found I responded really, really well to it. Um, in conjunction, then with just some of my own stretching at home. Yeah. Uh, so that that was a really positive um, thing for me. And then I have actually pulled or had a calf strain this was about two and a half years ago just before I was heading over to New York to run the New York half marathon and this was caused stupidly again running you know too fast on the track but I hadn't warmed up properly and I reckon this is possibly a a common occurrence with calf injuries occurring and it'll be really nice to get Kevin's opinion next week is I was really really rushed I'd come from work I ran down to the track and normally I would do some like strides and drills just to get my body ready and warmed up for doing the faster pace type of work and I was just running really late that particular day and just omitted doing any of the strides and the stretching and went straight into quite a big session but a really fast session as well and I got through the session and then on my warm down just all of a sudden the calf I've actually never felt this before, but it, it went, it was like a kind of ping. Have you ever yeah. had that feeling?
0: No, I, I, I've never actually properly pulled or torn a calf and it'll be good to talk to kevin about you know the different grades of calf injuries and that sounds like i can't i was doing a bit of reading on it It might be like a grade two where you actually either feel it or hear it even
1: yeah Um, well i didn't hear it but i felt it, and i had to stop immediately and walk and i actually had an appointment with um my physio i think it was about a week later and i didn't do anything that week i went and saw her and she's like oof (laughs) um this is pretty strained and it was then managing it was simply rest and because I was traveling you know it was was really difficult to try and cross train um so I was battling through what you're battling through in your mind at the moment going I'm really fit you know don't worry about these last couple of weeks the main thing is to get to the start line healthy um you know stretching heaps of self-massage um and then hit race day, and it was one of the first times in many, many years that it has snowed on the first day of spring in New oh, York. Wow. Uh, it was absolutely freezing, and I made a grand total of 100 meters of the race before the calf went again. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, but you know, from the time that I had done the strain to the race, it was only two weeks and it just, you know, the level of
0: strain, it wasn't long enough for it to repair. So I was, I think, I think it's about six weeks for that kind of thing where you've actually Torn or properly pulled it. So it's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually ended up then getting pregnant after that. So I didn't run really at all. So it it healed itself. But, you know, two weeks was not long enough um, for that level. And, but as I said, you know, it was really my own fault. Too, too fast, not enough warm up. um, Silly. And I I still kick myself to this day for, for making that mistake.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think, um, yeah, where you actually, physically strain it or tear a calf it, it's often the case that yeah trying to go too fast um probably uh with a lack of warm up or you know jumping straight out of the car and after a stressful day at work and going to try and do a yeah
1: and that's track exactly session. what it was and it was at the time where i was yeah I was actually running a lot more tracks, so 1500s. I was trying to break 10 minutes for 3K. So I was doing some really quick type of work and I had been popped into train with two um, two of the boys in the group and it became a race. And it's, you know, I've since learnt since then two and a half years later <laughs> that uh, it made me train at 80%, not 110%. Yeah. Uh, look
0: I'll, yeah don't I was race pretty in training
1: no and that's exactly what I was doing I was quite impressed with some of my times that I did mm-hmm. that day <laughs>
0: <laughs> Until you pulled your calf
1: <laughs> and I didn't run again for a year or so later so <laughs> um, yeah so you know really stupid mistake but I'm sure very common and yep. especially around you know competitive people Yes. Who, you know, like us and like our listeners, it doesn't matter if you're not elite, you know, we all have our own different levels of competitiveness. And, uh, yeah, I certainly found myself right in the midst of it that day yep. to my own demise.
0: Yep.
1: Mm. So what about you? You and your, your old man calf syndrome. Uh,
0: yes, well, I'm sure I'm not alone in, in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so as mentioned, I I, I had... I'm probably 99.9% certain I haven't pulled or torn this calf. It's just actually kind of probably progressively tightened up without me realising it until, you know, one day I've gone out for the run where it's actually, yeah, really starting to get tight so much that I'd actually notice it. So um, so I don't think I've had quite the challenges that you had in that half marathon build-up. But what I've been doing is um, a combination of things. Um, Self-massage is definitely definitely one um, that I kind of jumped into straight away. Uh, a little bit of dry needling. And the last one I've been doing um, is basically some stretching. And probably of all those three, the stretching has been, I think, the most effective um, at kind of um, alleviating the symptoms um, and really loosening the calf up so that I haven't really um, after I've sort of got into this regime of stretching it um, it hasn't actually I haven't actually felt it while I've been running since so um, I think of all of those three things um, that the the stretching has been been the most beneficial and the type of stretching I've been doing is you know how we're talking about we often talk about doing that yin type of stretching where it's Mm. three four minute holds. Yeah. Um I've really been holding it for a long time. Um, and I kind of suspect and you know bounce this theory off Kevin next week that um could even be like you know even the the muscle fascia t- tightening up um and just needing a good stretch and that, that those kind of yin stretches are you know at least in the uh, the yoga marketing literature, they're sort of designed to help you stretch out your fascia of your muscles as much as the muscles themselves. And and where I felt that tightness was really up on the surface of the calf, not kind of right deep anywhere. So um, it feels pretty good when I'm just sort of holding it for three to four minutes and just little really gently letting it um, stretch back out again. Um, so yeah, for the to this point at least, that's what I've been doing to manage this. Um, and, yeah, I'll probably leave the uh, some of the other rehabbing things for Kevin to talk about. But one of the other things I did was I've, I went digging through one of my drawers um, and found an old pair of those um, uh, calf socks, so sort of like the compression, uh, yes. the yeah. long compression ones, kind of like the, the Paula Radcliffe yeah. um, long tight socks. So actually I think I wore them once over that over the weekend last week just to kind of give the calf a little bit of extra support. And, look, again, I'd be interested to hear what Kevin has to say about whether that's actually going to help or not, but mm. it definitely feels pretty nice to have this nice, tight um Sock wrapped around your your calf where you're kind of feeling a little bit vulnerable and sensitive, so it gives it a gives it a little hug.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you know when I thought I had shin splints just a few weeks ago, and it actually turned out that I'd rolled my ankle um, because my calf and my shin were sore. I wore those socks in that half marathon that I did as the training session, yeah. and I actually agree with you. I have no idea whether scientifically they're actually proven to do anything, but psychologically. I felt so snug. I felt like I was just, as you say, this little hug just on my calves, keeping them in place, and they feel amazing.
0: Yes, they do feel good. So I'm definitely considering, look, especially if I get like a little flare-up or I'm feeling like it's still not 100% Hundred percent on race day, it would be an option to pull out the the long socks. Mm. <laughs> as funny as they look, um,
1: they're very in fashion a lot with a lot they? of the younger kids.
0: Oh, really? I could be one of the cool kids wearing wearing long daggy socks. Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, old man in the long socks. Not sure if that's too cool, but you can roll yeah. with it.
0: <laughs> Not sure I can. It kind of reminds me of my dad wearing long socks and shorts and sandals. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Not sure that's a thing that I want to do on a regular basis um somehow.
1: Oh dear.
0: Um so yeah, that's an option. Or even, you know, you have got the long socks, but they also have those sort of calf sleeves that just um uh, yeah, yeah. wrap around the calf. So I don't actually have those. Um, but um I figured since I've got the long socks, if I do decide I need a bit of extra support, the the long socks would be probably the way to go um mm. to do it. The other thing I've been considering is, you know, would there be any value in putting some tape on it as well? So I'll pick Kevin's brains about that um, also. But um, yeah, taping it probably be a similar kind of um, uh, similar kind of concept to wearing the tight socks. So it might be kind of like one or the other rather than rather than both.
1: Are you prone to calf niggles, or it's something that's just
0: starting to come in? Uh, I'm not really not not where. Because this was kind of like tight right up near the um, gastrocnemius, so right up the top in the in the belly of the bigger, uh, the big calf muscles, probably my history has been more um, shin splints and kind of like lower leg, like really low, like down towards the ankle, so in and around the soleus muscle and that kind of area is where I've kind of historically had issues in the past. But, uh, yeah, definitely not calf and yeah as i said i've never never torn a calf or pulled the calf um i probably don't run fast enough to do that but uh, yeah i've never had that had that issue so yeah it's a little bit unusual this one um so yeah i'll probably do a little bit more thinking about that after the marathon about what i can do um kind of like prevention wise and, and again i've got some questions for for kevin about what the kind of recommended prehab type stuff you can do to um look after your calves and um, your soleus and all of that kind of calf Achilles complex because it all kind of joins together. Um, so, yeah, what can we do to kind of look after that? And and my, my brother, who occasionally suffers from OLD syndrome as well with his calves, um, he's got like a regime that he was given by his physiotherapist where um, he does a lot of skipping um, and like little plyometric hops um, as well. So that's definitely something that, you know, you could consider doing to um, uh, maybe it's not so much to strengthen your calves because your calves are not really prime movers in running, but certainly get them used to that kind of loading, unloading, um, yeah, being able to kind of absorb the body weight. Um, and then kind of give it back. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll ask Kevin about that regime as well, and sort of get a get a second opinion on the on the skipping uh, processes being a potential um, prevention or prehab activity for for like calf um, and that kind of thing. So so yeah, not not usually in my history. So again, that was another thing psychologically that was playing on my mind during the week. Is like, uh, this is a bit unusual, and you know. I'm used to having a bit of niggle in the ITB or, you know, some other bits and pieces lower down the leg. But when you get a new one, it kind of uh, throws you a little bit of a curveball.
1: Mm. Um, I wonder if it's one of the most common injuries that runners find themselves with as well.
0: I suspect it probably would be mm. um, in, the, in the top area along with, yeah, the ITBs and the... Um, shin splints and the plantar fasciitis um, those kind of things and probably the other one that a lot of runners get would be that kind of anterior knee pain so you know that kind of runner's knee where it's actually
1: pain i know that i know that all too well you know
0: that one pain on the front of the kneecap um look a couple of years ago i was getting a bit of that and i've pretty much reckon i resolved that by again it's a bit of a yin stretch but I don't know how I got into this habit. I think it was probably because I was getting those, getting a little bit sore on the front of the knees. But when I get back from the run, the first thing I do is pretty much get down into a little squat position and just mm-hmm. sort of hold that for three or four minutes. Um, I basically do that while I'm downloading my um, watch to my um, iPhone, um, and yeah, that that just kind of stretches out that whole area really well, um, and it also stretches out the lower legs um while while you're in it, so that kind of position's not a bad one to kind of get yourself into so yeah, so I've now got three yin stretches in my um my maintenance regime Lisa I've got the mm. got the squat of doing some of these longer calf stretches and um, that pigeon pose um, that we've both been doing to kind of manage our um glutes hips. and hips and yeah. ITb type things so so yeah there's there's three I'm hoping I don't have to do any more because they're quite time consuming. <laughs>
1: And they're painful. I have a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with, with Yin because I'm this sick person that quite likes the pain. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I've mentioned before it takes me to some dark places sometimes when you hit that sort of four out of the fifth minute of like the hip stretches. Uh, yeah, I'd hate to be – I would hate my thoughts to be projected on, <laughs> onto yep. a screen somewhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, can be can be psychologically challenging. It's definitely easier doing that kind of stretching when you're actually in a yoga class. Um, so, yeah, that's probably something I would consider for um, uh, after the marathon as well as just going to a regular yin class once a week would be a good thing to kind of stretch out a bunch of things. Mm. Uh, so
1: next week we've got Kevin on the physio who's going to be looking um, yep. a lot closer at the calf injuries, why they're caused, and the maintenance.
0: He's going to go full calf um, and, f- yeah, full full running physio. He's going to nerd up big on that one. I reckon Kevin is uh, a very knowledgeable, knowledgeable man, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about that.
1: Yeah, so I guess any questions, any listeners that are suffering, from either a new calf strain or an ongoing one that they just can't get rid of um, email them in or pop, pop them on the Facebook and we'll send them Kevin's way to answer
0: that's a good idea and I think one of the questions I'm going to ask him about is like similar to your situation when should you actually just not toe the line like if it's if you've actually torn a calf and you're only two or three weeks out there's there's probably not a lot of lot of um, good that can come out of trying to run so yeah be getting some advice from him about the when you can manage it versus when you should actually um, uh, reset for a different goal on another day um, into the future.
1: Do you know what? And it's not a bad point because there are so many races and fun runs on these days that, okay, so just say, for example, you don't quite make Melbourne. Um, I'm sure if you rested the calf and, you know, you've got a six-week rehab period, you you've done so much work. Like, why lose that fitness? Why not, you know, look for something in eight weeks' time? Yep.
0: So, yeah, you're, you, could you're not on the do that. you could definitely do that. Could um, definitely do that. Well, uh, I reckon we're almost at a, a wrap, Lisa. Um, so, oh, actually, the the only other thing I was going to say about um, this niggle that uh, I've picked up is, you just have to be so careful and. I was even doing this even though I couldn't really feel the cuff um, when I was running of, of actually like starting to favour your other leg mm-hmm. um, and that can sort of result in changes in your running gait and more more asymmetries or unevennesses than than what you probably had in the first place. So, yeah, I definitely noticed particularly on those first couple of runs after I had a day's off where I was like even though it wasn't hurting, I was just subconsciously favouring um the side that my right side where the calf wasn't. Um and probably, yeah, I could start to feel my right side working a bit bit harder. Um so definitely if you, even especially if you're feeling pain, but even if you're not, you just gotta be really careful that you don't start favoring a side because you can pretty quickly start to develop other niggles or other injuries that you didn't have that you have to contend with. So um yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a footnote, but um yeah, be cautious about running when you're suffering from pain especially, um, Mm. definitely not a good um, idea.
1: I actually think, so I agree with that 100%, but then there's another aspect of that that I know that you were suffering through the week was that psychological aspect that you go out for a run and everything feels hard because – you know, when you normally go for a run and the body feels fine. So you, you lose yourself in the run and, you know, you might be thinking about something, you might be thinking about nothing, but when you've got this niggle, every single time your foot touches the ground, all you're thinking about is how is it feeling? Is it sore? Where's the pain? Am I making it worse? And I don't know about you, but I cannot relax and the run feels awful and I I come back and I think I'm unfit, you know, I've lost it. (laughs) All these, just this train of negativity starts to, you know, go through, you know, my mind, which is so silly.
0: It is, yeah, and look, I've been suffering from from a bit of that. So, um, yeah, I think the sooner you can get back to um, just kind of zoning in on the run and not thinking about um you niggle that's probably probably the sign that you've actually overcome the worst of it at least um and you can get your get your mind back on the job of um refocusing on on the goal ahead at least that's what I've been trying to do <laughs> well
1: look i think you're doing pretty well
0: yeah all right i reckon reckon that's a wrap lisa so um uh should we talk what are you doing next week we should do the week ahead before we sign <sighs> yeah. off
1: what am I doing well I'm trying to get over this cold because I have got two more big weeks ahead um, so I've got another 60 minute tempo at marathon pace but i'm actually entering into a race for this one there's a 10k race that i'm going to go and do and then i'll just tack on um an additional 4ks because i'll get through 14ks at 416 pace in an hour yep uh and just because i'm feeling so average um i'm just doing some easy jogging just trying to get over this little bug that i've got so really nothing exciting Just got to stay healthy. That my mantra. Get to the line, one hundred percent healthy and eighty percent in shape.
0: (laughs) Yep, I like it. Uh,
1: And so, what about you? You're probably doing the same as me. We're we're both on the on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, a little bit of a challenge. So, yeah, as I was mentioning, I've just sort of been scratching my head a little bit about how much um, volume and intensity to put put in this two weeks prior to the marathon, Um, and I've. Probably not going to deviate too much from what was actually in the program anyway because I reckon I'd written in probably a little bit too much into the program already. Um, So, I don't know. I'm probably going to end up maybe running uh, probably about, I reckon I'll run about 60Ks maybe for the week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, obviously a bit more than last week, which was only 35, um, but still quite a bit less than sort of what the plateau was, which is around 80Ks um, a week for most of the build-up. Um, and I've got a couple of um, little mini sessions planned which were already in the program. So one of them is just a 10 minutes at marathon pace during the midweek long run. Um, and the other one is, is a Fartlek Friday 5K race pace type session. Um, that'll be cut back quite a bit in terms of volume, so... A couple of weeks back, I did like 20 minutes of hard running. This one will be no more than 12 minutes. haven't decided exactly what um, combination of minutes I'm going to do. So it'll either be some kind of ladder or pyramid up and down, like a one, two, three, three, two, one type thing. Or um, I might even just do like three by four minutes or something like that, um, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, but, yeah, that'll be kind of like a the last little top-up or hard session before the marathon itself.
1: I'm assuming this is all dependent on how Mr. Calf's feeling.
0: Exactly, yeah. I'll be taking it pretty much day by day. Um, so, yeah, any sign of calf getting worse, um, uh, then, yeah, those, those kind of faster sessions will be the first ones that get dropped and it'll just be a week of jogging. Um, but hopefully not miss any more unplanned days.
1: Mm, It's not long, two weeks, under two weeks.
0: Yeah, very close. It's actually close enough now that um, the the long-range weather forecast has probably got some chance of being right and uh, there's probably a tiny chance of a little bit of rain maybe about on Melbourne mm. Marathon Day, which is 14th of October. Mm. Um, don't mind a little bit of rain, as long as it's not windy. That's the main thing. Yeah. Well, I'm getting very excited
1: for you. I know that you're starting to feel all the anxiety bubble up, but uh, I'm, I'm the one that's keeping calm for us.
0: Exactly. You, know, you can be excited and I'll continue to uh, be nervous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe go all put your in a bucket, hot water, Epsom salts, old school.
0: Yep. All right, I will. I'm going to go and dunk my leg in a bucket of water now. And, uh, yes, we'll um, be talking to you again next week. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you later.